4: Log Talk Radio
5: Yo In there, Mr. Sykes, and I'm here with your host,
6: Jack on the attack brow.
5: And tonight's topic is, should black people, or people of color in general, really, continue to rock the vote, or should we find another way? Um, don't forget, you guys can call in with your questions or comments, or if you have anything to contribute to the conversation, and that number is 914-205-5458. Again, that number is 914 914- 205-5458, um, and don't forget to follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are available, where everything, um, make sure you like and subscribe and share this, these are great conversations that we're having here at the Anukai Tree, and we really want to make this conversation larger and have these conversations in our households, so make sure you share that with your friends and put those on your pages, and make sure you follow us on Instagram, at A New And tonight, we have a great panel. Might have a couple of a few, uh, a few surprise guests tonight. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and then we can get started with the show. Um, so go ahead, uh, Wally.
4: Yeah, hi, my name is Wally. Uh, I'm from the Bronx, New York. Most of the work that I do tends to revolve around uh, electoral politics and public policy, uh, as far as policy is concerned, more specifically higher education, voter reform, and green energy. And um, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it for now. Okay, Brandon and cool, cool, cool. could you guys
0: introduce yourself? Uh, Yep. Hi, everybody. My name is Blair Dotton-Haley.
7: And, and I'm Brandon, also known as The Bay Dotton-Haley. And,
0: and we are a entrepreneurial couple from – oh, we live in the D.C. area. I've uh, worked in uh, state politics and state legislative politics in both Louisiana and in Texas. We both have degrees in political science, and we both are uh, justice social justice athletes. advocates and activists.
2: Thank you, guys. And our final guest for this evening is Morgan Freeman. Hi. I'm so glad to be here. Um, I am an entrepreneur and a now former candidate for Congress based out of uh, Omaha, Nebraska, so right here in the Midwest. Um, and I've been doing a lot of community organizing work um, for local social movements, um, and I've been partnering with a bunch of different nonprofits in the area, um, and as a candidate, have gotten a firsthand look at how our system treats black candidates and treats black people throughout the the whole um, spectrum of the political process, from the moment that you enter to the moment that you leave. So I'm really excited to be here.
6: Thank you for coming. Uh, Thanks for calling in.
5: Okay, Jack, do you, you want to start? You have you, I know you have like uh, some opening questions,
6: so I'll let you handle that. Um, I do. So Morgan, knowing that you um were a candidate and running and things of that nature and then like stopped and everything like that, do you feel like the work that you do now would have been enhanced had you like been allowed to finish, if you will, and like actually won? <laughs>
2: Uh, to be frank, I don't think that our system is set up, especially here in Nebraska, I don't think that our system is set up to allow divergent, ex- intersectionally identified candidates to run authentically. And I realized that in order to do so, we need to build an infrastructure that's just not there right now. Um, and I had two decisions in front of me. Either I continued to try to um, fight, and I may or may not be able to present and, and finish out in the way that I felt was um, true to myself and also doing my community justice, or I leave mm. for now and work to build the infrastructure so that the next candidate doesn't have to go through what I went through. And obviously, it's just the latter.
6: Okay. Understandable. That's that's like a really brave decision. I feel like running is a super brave decision in and of itself, especially as you said, like an intersectional person trying to run. <laughs> um yeah,
2: so, yeah, hearing, actually the, he, Sorry. No, I'm continue. actually the first um I'm the first black woman to run for Congress in my state's history. I'm the first mm. queer candidate to wow. run for Congress in my state's history. I am the first openly um, disabled and neurodivergent person to run in my state's history. And I'm also the youngest to run in my state's history. And so I recognize just like running magic. right. And so just like in running, I already broke down some of those barriers so that even other women right now that are running were able to run and run authentically. Um, but I realized there's so much other things that we need to do get there
5: I do have a question about that now when you say running authentically and we're going to open up the conversation I don't want to leave the gentleman out in the cold Um, but when you say run authentically do you mean um, having to sort of put on the white face and adjust for like the comfortability of white people in this country to make yourself more I guess what we call mainstream like mainstreamly acceptable, or do you mean something else?
2: I mean, it's so much bigger than just that. Um, In every aspect of um, how white supremacy has been normalized in our day-to-day reality, I mean, from how I speak when I'm in certain spaces, to how I'm dressed, to how my hair looks, but also in structuring my campaign in and of itself, like, what title does my campaign person have? Can, like, can this campaign be structured um, horizontally or does it have to be structured hierarchically? Um, even the way that the tax structure is and the reporting structure is, how does that have to be structured um, to be a candidate that's seen as a viable candidate? Um, do you have access to white money because that is the only money here? And if you don't have access to white money, how can you get access to white people that have access to that white money? Because that's how wealth is structured here. And it's so more deeply immersive than we even fully realize from a structural level and from a strategic level. um, That I I realize it's not just about, like, can I just walk into a space and speak as I normally would speak about Black lives or about criminal justice reform or about um, health disparities and about health care. I can't, it's not even just about that. It's about everything from the moment that you wake up as a candidate to the time that you go to sleep and even while you're sleeping with the conversations that are happening in rooms that you're not even allowed to be in.
6: Mm. That, that's
5: a word. So with that said, I want to okay. open it up. this question up to the panel. So the remaining two candidates of color in the current presidential race for the Democratic Party have dropped out, like Andrew Yang and um, why is the black, Patrick Duvall from Massachusetts, if I'm getting this right. I think I have the last name wrong. Um, <laughs> they, dropped, they announced that they were dropping out today. Um what do you feel like that means for the race of the 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 rest of the Democratic campaigning, as far as people of colors' needs and and wants are concerned? And wait, we have one more. We have somebody calling in. And hello, is this Gazi? Black,
1: <laughs> Black, Black Power, Gazi.
6: Black
1: Power, Gazi. And the man Black who needs power. no
5: introduction. Ghazi Kozo has joined us, and I know he's he's going to be here briefly because he's a very busy man. But I just asked the panel um, that the as of today, the remaining two candidates of color for um, the the Democratic candidate have dropped out today. So I was asking, what do you all feel that means for the needs of people of color being addressed by the remaining Democrats that are running? as the race continue,
2: what do you feel like that means? Or could mean? Mm-hmm.
5: You asking me? Anybody it? feel
1: free, to, anybody, well, anybody anybody. Feel free to, to chime in? Oh, okay. Well, I'll answer because, you know, i got to go soon, but I have an hour. Um, I think that's an amazing question and it's a very important one. Um, I think for us to see uh, the answer to the question, we have to see exactly, like, what is, like, laid out in front of us, so uh, African uh, political candidates in a system birthed from uh, colonialism and slavery and uh, functions through uh, colonialism and slavery still to this day, um, participants in that uh, structure um, are only there to continue the status quo, to continue that oppressive process, that oppressive relationship between the oppressor and the oppressed. And when I say oppressor, I mean white people, And by oppressed, I mean African and other colonized people. Um, Everybody ain't white. (laughs) That's how this world works. So um, anyone that's in there is to operate that system and to continue that system no matter what it is. It is not to – so even if an African uh, politician is in that um, framework, they are in that framework and will be judged by that framework and will be – what is it? will be able to stay in that framework by following those rules. Meaning if you had the best revolutionary heart, you could not survive there and have some long type of career. It would, take you, it would chew you and spit you out. And if it couldn't do that, it will, it will take you out, right? So you can't be no Malcolm X president. It's just not going to be. It. So um, when they do have African candidates, it's just to uh, sell out the interests of uh, black people and have us believe that the system is working um, with us or working for us to see ourselves, right? So it's just white power um, in black faith. That's what you have all down the road whenever you see an African candidate. So I think what it says to us right now is that the uh, white system, the, uh, the two main sectors of the white ruling class, the Republican Party and the Democrats, um, both have decided that they don't need to uh, play with us no more. <laughs> that um they don't find us that uh, valuable anymore that they would need um an obama 2.0 and that's why you're seeing a very much more uh white uh democratic party and uh candidates at the front because uh that's what they're betting on they're trying to win trump voters they're not trying to win um african people black people they feel like we're going to go we're going to vote democrat anyway and sadly but honestly it's true they don't need a black candidate and they don't need black um, black sounding policies to win African people anymore because they've got black people in America afraid of the boogeyman Trump so you scared of master number two you're <laughs> going to run to the clutches <laughs> of master number one and they both going to beat your ass at the end of the day so black power have a revolution Goshé.
6: black power Gazi thank you you out
1: Oh, no, I'm still here. I'm here until
6: seven twelve. Okay, cool.
1: yes. uh, okay. Anybody Any else? Any other
6: responses to the question? Or does anyone respond to Or Hey, Blair. Uh,
0: and, um, so a couple things before I ask the question. Congratulations to Morgan Freeman. Thank you for your... Uh, Pioneering example um, and and trailblazing in what I know is difficult water that you were treading in in, in the middle of the country. Um, I completely agree with, with what uh, was just said. Um, what was just said about participation in, in in American politics, right? Because it was not designed for Black people to be citizens, and it still functions. Uh, in that way, regardless of the face that you put on the politician, the, the, the system is designed to um, regenerate itself in in very colonial ways. And so, even you know, as much as people laud the symbolism of the Obamas and what they. You know, supposedly symbolized for the progress of black people in America, um, they they were still guardians of the 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 empire, and so even their behavior and their participation um, in the system is 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 not necessarily what those who are looking for or seeking revolution. Or seeking some kind of, or seeking what the kind of freedom that you know our that Harriet Tubman wanted, or that Marcus Garvey wanted. You know, we won't see that kind of freedom by participating directly in American politics. Now, what I will say is, I do think that there are multiple ways to engage politically, and I do think that voting um, and we need. I do think we. I also do think we need people to participate in the system in some ways. Um, and so that's what I think.
7: Yeah, and I think that there's a lot. Uh, this is the Bay, uh, so I think that there's definitely a lot to be said for the 200 plus year old system. Of governance that we have, and the way that we all come together as a, as a, you know, as a country to elect our and to then to kind of put forth policy. I think one of the things that we could do, to Blair's point, is certainly corral the resources that we have collectively. I think that there are ways that we could look at our local level politics and communities and say, hey, what can I do? to be engaged if if we are struggling to find you know, just the basic resources for one particular community, let's figure out how we can c- get together and address that. As, you know, just looking at your neighborhood your community, I think is a great place to start. And then we can also look at expanding into, uh, you know, state politics and even at the national level. I think uh, trying to elect a president to be our savior is misguided and it, it's just not going to lead to anything. I think that we really have to attack the beast from the From the root, and it's mm-hmm. gonna it's gonna take looking at local politics we have to look at how we can corral resources from our own community. Blazing worship is a great example in New Orleans you know mm-hmm. they get together and put in, you know and collectively organize people's businesses and celebrate each other's artistry as a community and I think that there are ways that we what can do that. Of that group again? You know, it's called blaze and worship every um, On the last Sunday of every month in New Orleans, if you're ever down there, just ask around for Blaze and Worship. I mean, it's a great example of what community can do when you have space that can be provided for artists, for entrepreneurs, for, you know, community builders to get together and, you know, corral each other's network and resources.
6: Question about beliefs and worship Does the government have their hand in that Like whatsoever Like is that something that's happening Politically like you know the Their representatives or you know District reps or things of that nature Funding or like, supplying the space Or is that all um, Civilian you know, All civilians Okay um, So I guess my next question Oh you sorry Was somebody saying something
7: no, go
6: ahead. Okay, so I guess my next question is when it comes to the hierarchy from President way down to local politics in terms of people's district up the Senate and Congress and things of that nature, do we really at this point believe that um, those people aren't also put in place in the same ways that the president is put in place? Or are we still under the, the idea that those people have some level of choice that the president doesn't.
2: Um, so this is Morgan, by the way. Um, one of the things that I realized in doing some of the community organizing work, especially in a space like Nebraska, where we don't necessarily have um, a large population of um, black people that are that have, that, um, that have the support and the infrastructure in place where we can collaborate collectively in ways that places like New Orleans or even St. Louis or other spaces do because we have such high poverty here. We do have um, such high segregation here. We have pockets of black wealth but that black wealth is almost always tied to white wealth. Um, and when we're working on a lot of these social movements, we always come up against political leaders that are the decision makers in executing X, Y, and Z things. Be it uh, criminal justice reform, be it um, uh, policing in our neighborhoods, be it something as simple as like helping the homeless that are in our neighborhoods. All of these things are, are directly influenced by the political leaders. Um, that are governing our spaces, and in doing a lot of the the freedom, the, the work to mobilize for freedom and, and liberation of Black people, especially, like, the Black people that I grew up with, like, right here in my neighborhoods, and the, my family and my cousins and whatnot, like, when we're looking at that, what that revolution could look like, there was not a way that did not require everything and everyone mobilizing in every space. And it requires my family that's over here organizing um, protests and rallies, or it it requires my family over here that's uh, heavily involved in the church. It it literally involves everyone, but it also involves someone that is dissenting within the system at the end of the day. Because when we aren't actively engaged, when we're not voting, when we're not, like, at least trying to get someone other than a – Donald Trump or a Don Bacon who's the congressional representative here, they're continuously making things even worse for our community and it all has to happen in tandem in order for these things to at least marginally progress. And it's kind of ironic because I was literally just in a space where we were talking about The Baller or the Bullet by Malcolm X, who's actually from it's actually from the Omaha area, um, and we're talking specifically about how we're at that crucial point of can, like, do I think that the American political system is okay. ever going to cha- like, ever going to be saved? I sincerely doubt it. It is not for us. It was okay. never for us. It's never going to be for us. However, while we are still here, I think that we can make it better. And if I can do something within my very short lifetime to make it better, mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to do it. Um, and if I need to put my life and my soul on the line so that I can make things better for my family and my friends and the people that matter most to me, I'm gonna do it. Um, cool. But I also realize that in order to make things better for everyone, um, we need more of us that are opting into doing that work so that we can disrupt as much as possible what. Those systems are. Because what I have seen is that people like Ernie Chambers, for example, who just passed this really fantastic police reform bill right here in Nebraska, he's one of the most incredible leaders that I've ever seen on a local level. And he is a state senator. Like they literally impose term limits at our state legislature only because of Ernie Chambers, because he's been in office for longer than I've been alive. Um, and I realize that my community is better off because of the work that he's done, but I also realize he is, in some ways, not in some ways, he has sold out in some ways. He has made decisions that I don't agree with in some ways. Um, And on every level of government, we we have to. Like, we have to politically engage. Like, there is no – there's no revolution without that. Um, because otherwise we're talking about a full out guns blazing rebellion. And so if we're talking about revolution, mm-hmm. revolution for me is
6: <laughs> I was about to like, say mm-hmm, I too, but it's like thank you, Gabby.
2: Like like let's be real. Like I if it comes out to a full out rebellion then let me go get my my permits, but I think that we still have an option for revolution and that's what I'm trying to build an infrastructure for and we need more people that are going to do that.
7: You don't need a permit if we're going to go for the revolution, just get the guns. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Because, because I guess my next
6: question um, after, you know what I'm saying, that like, I guess like you, you kind of answered it um, Morgan. Cause I was going to say, okay, like, I I do believe that at least at the local level, some people come in to um, these political spaces, such as Congress, et cetera, um, district reps, and, and the like, um, with the intention of doing really good things, you know what I'm saying? Like they come in, but then like eventually they either see, like you said, they can't run authentically, or once they get in there, they wind up having to sell out in some ways. And nine times out of ten, all, any of those ways are detrimental to our community at large, like, regardless. I find it difficult to see what is happening as progress. To me, it just looks like appeasement until something, uh, some other shoe drops, you know, and I guess we can be happy with some level of appeasement because, like, okay, um, you know, I don't know. I was going to say something crazy. Like, they not lynching niggas um, every day, but they still are. It's just not on a postcard now. You know what I'm saying? Other than that, right. um, you know what I'm saying? So it's like I don't necessarily see, like, this progress that everyone's well, talking about. Well, what,
0: what, what one thing I'll say is every election that black people have ever participated in has been a choice of the lesser of two evils, right? Because the circumstances weren't designed for us to have freedom, equality, all of those things that the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence says, right? And so because we're always choosing the lesser of two evils, I think the point that to, – to the point that I think that it, that you're getting at around appeasement is that things c- could always be better, but they could also always be worse, right? And so, while we are still dealing with in a lot of places, you know, unarmed black people killed by the police, um, things like lynching, there we aren't we aren't living in a slave state. As we did in one, and I mean, there are times, there were times at which we wouldn't be able well, to have conversation If you all, wind right? up
5: going to prison, you in a slave state. Then
0: you're a slave. So, so, no, agreed. Like, no, no, I completely agree. I'm not. I, I agree. So I agree that, that the, the well, prison industrial complex and the new slavery, is yes. is the the continuation of the slave mm-hmm. state. What I'm saying is, is that there are there are levels right to this right and. Right. there are levels to and degrees to which suffering and oppression happen right and there is a difference i mean and if we could just we could just talk about the last presidential election right there are a lot of folks who said that there's no there was no distinction between the two candidates right of course the clintons have been a part of the american colonial machine empire for decades Right. For decades. Right. But there is a difference. I think we would see some difference between the governance that Hillary Clinton would have potentially given versus what we're what we're experiencing now. And so I've been been advocating to people that I don't. Here's the thing about voting. Right. And this I come from a family who of people who helped integrate the lunch counters in in New Orleans who helped found the Congress of Racial Equality and 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 were fighting for
5: Oh yeah uh, you civil come rights. from a very
0: famous right. civil rights family. And so and so one of the things that I I believe that voting is or is something that that people should do but I also do not think that we should shame people who have been who have decided that they're not going to engage in that way and have decided to engage Absolutely. politically other ways. Because I can Absolutely. I mean, it, 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 in a system that is not designed for your benefit, while you're trying to feed your family and survive and live and, and exist, I, you know, I, there's who am I to, to, to try to impress upon you or try to levy the, the burden of the, the, the weight of what the ancestors struggled on you to, to go and vote. You know, people have to figure out what contribution they can make to their their own personal, family, community, and their own survival. I mean, folks out here trying to survive.
2: Well, and I also think that it's really important that when we're talking about like choosing between the lesser of, of two evils, or honestly not choosing either of those horrible options, like the last election, and frankly every election we should just get better candidates what if we actually built what if we ourselves focus on infiltrating as much as possible the political system so that we had more people that would actually do the right thing because they're not there for the wrong reasons now that's a
1: question
5: that's a a question what do
1: you guys feel about that but that's well, that's if, that's how, how it works. we run into face the, face. the
0: same challenge, right? You run into the same, you run into the same wall. The system is designed to keep those people at bay. And so there's only mm-hmm. so far that you're going to be able to go, elected or not. I have friends who I have I, I've both worked for people who've been in elected office for for decades, and have friends who are newly elected to state rep to state legislatures, and the conversations that I the conversation that I've had with with all of them, especially the newly elected folks, is don't weigh don't allow your intentions to to determine. What it is, or how it is that you think you are going to be able to be helpful, because your intentions are going to run into a system that is designed to subvert what most of your good intentions the outcomes of most of your good intentions and
5: okay, guys, you,
7: alone,
0: you alone yep, are not here. going to be able to you alone are not going to be able to turn that system upside down. In order to get your out, the outcomes that you're, you're, that your good intentions are trying to reach,
5: mm-hmm.
0: it just is. I mean, that's just a fact. Because, like, right. like Morgan was you saying, do. you run into money, you run into the money issue, and the money issue, and and those with money and power in in political in in the political life, they they have agendas and those agendas are tied to them being able to maintain that power and maintain that money. Absolutely. Gazi, before
1: you...
6: you go, black power.
1: Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. I was just saying I really want to unite with that and also say that you won't just run into money issues. You'll run into the guns. Like this is not some innocent political democracy machine that we're working with or that we're looking at. We are looking at a band of murderers. These are people that send drones to murder children and watch these children bleed out and die. This is the system that you think that you can organize us to go in there and somehow change. They will kill you like that child. Do you hear me? They have these drone operators, these soldiers that go into rooms that look like arcades and stick drones on people, innocent people, just to steal their oil and resources. You understand? And then these drones have to watch after the body until the American soldiers can come pick up the body. And if any person comes to the body before the American soldiers, they get shot, too. That's how children in Afghanistan end up dead, running towards their father's body. That is this machine. Don't let the suit and tie fool you. Don't let that cardigan-wearing Ho Warren fool you. Don't let these bright lights and, and Anderson Cooper fool you. These are rabid, murdering beasts. And that's what they do on a daily basis. They wake up and go to sleep, killing African and colonized children and adults every day for a dollar in their pocket. It's what feeds them. This is a parasitic system. The only thing we need to do is focus all that political know-how and all that education you got and everything you think you know and organize and build a system for your people. By your people, we have to create dual contending power, dual contending power. If you think you can be such a great political leader for the the white system, be a great political leader for the black system, for black power, for your community, and not just for you. I don't give a damn about you because I don't give a damn about myself. Do it for the entire nation of people because that's what's really going to solve our issue. You saw China got that coronavirus, whatever they got, but what you got to really pay attention to is how China built a damn hospital with 3,000 rooms in seven days. No African country can do that. No Africans in America can do that, all of us coming together with Oprah and goddamn Michael Jordan. We can't do that. And we face AIDS, and we face Ebola. And we face malaria and all kinds of crazy viruses that take millions of us out. And we can't build no hospital like that because so we, need power. we need a real revolution. And China couldn't always build hospitals like that. It takes time. It takes sacrifice. It takes self-determination. We have to think self-determination and self-governance. And if you waste any two seconds of your power in that system, that is on you your own ignorance, and not looking at three to six hundred years of dialectical <laughs> materialism. Looking at history. You ain't that smart. We ain't that smart. Our ancestors have tried it. Do the thing that they works. Failed miserably. That, that freed Vietnam. Do the thing that freed China. Do the thing that freed Cuba. Do those things if you want self-determination. If you want real freedom. Other than that, you playing with your life. you playing with your life and you're playing with your people's time. Take off the uh, kufi and the and just be, just be a whipping boy for them. Just happily be it. But don't be it while dragging and saying, I'm doing this for our legacy. No, you're not. You're doing it for yourself. You're doing it for a Birkin bag. You're doing it for some nice pot of shoes. You're doing it for a nice car you can scoop up and pick up your a chicken and feel like a special Negro. Just keep my people out of your mouth. Because people that do stuff for my people end up in jail. <laughs> But, anyways, I love y'all all so much, and I've got to go into a meeting because we're building dual contending power at the Black Hammer organization where we feed, clothe, and house our homeless people. Also, we do free HIV and AIDS testing and awareness in multiple different communities. We're building a chapter in Nigeria, so make sure to go to blackhammer.org to sign up and join. Dual contending power, y'all. And they'll pull out Black the gun sooner or later at power. us, and we're going to have to defend ourselves. Black Power. I say, I say, yo, I'll Black say. Power. Thank
5: you, Gandhi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that the ground is blazing, right. let's get into the main question of the night, and I really all, I really want all of you to um, be able to respond to this: Should black people continue to rock the vote or find another way? Well, Labali, like, <laughs> what, what do you think about this? Like, you, you've been like, I know there's been a lot going on. Like, how do you feel about this? <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: I honestly think
4: you know uh, it should uh, be a little bit of both. Um, we still have so much to you know accomplish on a legislative level, and you know uh, thanks to you know whoever who spoke earlier in regards to you know the importance of DOMA races racist. The interesting thing about federal politics is you know. Uh, Despite how little legislation that goes through Congress, you know, ends up getting signed and, you know, goes into law, that number is very nominal if we compare that to the sheer amount of legislation that, you know, uh, passes through, you know, uh, local and state legislatures. I remember this time I was watching uh, last week tonight with John Oliver, and he was comparing the uh, number of uh, legislation that Congress passed and, State legislatures passed during like 2013, 2014 ish. <laughs> during that period, <laughs> about only 185 bills were passed and enacted, but during that same time period, more than 10,000 bills were passed and enacted across state legislatures. <laughs> we can pay as much attention as we uh, want to the presidential. <laughs> Election, he or she, no matter how quote unquote progressive they are, they can push as many initiatives as they want, but it still has to go through a partisan Congress. And, you know, all these progressive ideas that you know, are being brought forth in Congress, I'm saying quote unquote progressive because the word progressive tends to get thrown around so much that, frankly, I don't really give a damn about it anymore. A lot of those ideas, you can see how they work well if you advocate for them, in, you know, through state and local politics, and that in itself can, you know, strengthen, you know, Strengthen the argument for having those things on a federal level. So, you know, we should be paying a lot more attention to state and local politics. You know, um we have a lot more to lose, especially on a local level. Because, you know, Trump can keep saying you know, whatever he wants to do, but, you know, Congress is split. We have a Republican Senate, a Democratic House our eyes really should be set towards those, you know, down balloted races. And as far as uh, participation in the political system is concerned, <laughs> I do believe we need to start off with, you know, acknowledging that the current economic system itself is flawed, the way that it has operated for centuries since... The Industrial Revolution, (laughs) exploiting labor at whatever cost, you know, just for the sake of profit, really. But at the same time, (laughs) given how entrenched the current, you know, political and economic system is, I feel like, you know, you know, part of it is that, you know, we really have no choice. But to participate, regardless of what your opinions might be be on voting, and I've noticed this, you know, (laughs) a lot of voters of color, voters of color tend to be more moderate than white voters, which is that, (laughs) despite, you know, for uh, example, the track records of, you know, uh, (laughs) white candidates such as uh, Amy Klobuchar, you know, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, or, you know, anyone who, you know, hasn't really um, walked the walk in in previous decades as far as, you know, policies that affect, you know, communities of color disproportionately, such as, you know, the war on drugs, mass incarceration, (laughs) a lot of the time, (laughs) because so much tends to be at stake for people of color, like, you know, (laughs) I'm South Asian, my family is Muslim, my parents are undocumented, as much as I disagree with certain kids that I don't, you know, feel like are really going to push the conversation in a direction that, you know, that I want, I feel like at this point of time, politically, the risks are really too high to really abstain from the political process, especially as, you know, Voting is concerned um, You can, you know, uh, see voters of color You know, Voting for, you know, chronicle Like, you know, the, the lesser of two evils Like, you know uh, Someone mentioned earlier Part of me, you know, feels like that You know This is because we've become So uh, accustomed to, you know, having to settle for political crumbs <laughs> and you know, incrementalism that we entrench that into our minds and we feel like you know, that's the really the only way <laughs> that we can get things politically because we're so scared of what the other option <laughs> would be. So, um, yeah, we do need better candidates, but at some point, you know, on, in circumstances, certain circumstances, we... Do need to be prepared to be able to bite, bite, you know, the bullets, so that we don't end up losing, you know, so much, you know, that especially you know, as far as in the 2016 election is concerned. Initially, I had my own concerns about, you know, you know, part of me was kind of hell bent on not voting for Joe Biden, you know, come the general election if he ever becomes the Democratic nominee, because of how terrible. His track record has been, you know, on you know, civil rights and you know, mass incarceration, from uh, defending school segregated uh, busing in the '70s, to you know, or rubbing shoulders and talking about how well he got along with, the, you know, you know, you know, you know similar-minded Republican senators, you know, kind of that you know, quote-unquote, we have to, you know, talk to both sides, kind of BS. Um, uh, You know, after the impeachment proceedings and so much that's already happened within these past two months, a part of me is really wondering, you know, to what degree can I really afford to, you know, take an uncompromising, you know, position in this presidential election. I mean, you know, a lot of the candidates, you know, they have a lot of skeletons in the closet, and, you know, it sucks. But at the same time, I don't know how much more I am willing to lose after these four next four years. I mean, God forbid they start putting, you know, barcodes on undocumented immigrants or Muslims. It's just like it's it's such a capricious political Period right now, they're damn near there. And I feel they're like the just... stakes are too hot politically for us to really abstain from the political process. But we do need to focus on that movement building, that revolution. But at the, you know, those those should go hand in hand. We we need to keep building from the ground up, but at the same time, we need to you know approach our politics in a practical sense.
6: Understandable. I would just say like we're 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 practically there in terms of like how they already stopped um domestic flights and you gotta have a special um a special ID, you know what I'm saying, from New York and this December. And this and this. So it's like it's like they start little things and yeah, it is in New York, but it's like we're the ones that start everything for for everyone for the most part. And at the end of the day, like once it's once it starts here it's definitely gonna spread, you know? So it's I mean like these these things are happening. And I'm at the point where I don't see Trump or any president in and of themselves as the lesser of two evils. To me, it's like death by, you know, guillotine or death by a thousand paper cut, you know, like to me, it's just like still death. And then at this point, it's just about how it looks that they, it seems like whoever is actually running the show wants to make a point about how it looks. Versus what's actually happening, because what's actually happening tends to always be to our detriment, you know. But um, I still want to ask the question. I guess a better question, analogy.
4: Uh, I guess a better analogy would be: Would you rather have the Molotov cocktail or the right. flaming bag of poop?
6: I mean, <laughs> and and my and my answer is neither. Always, every time, and it's like so. So I mean, okay. I feel like. Do you um? I, do you, do you, Does anyone here feel like integration was really a good idea? Like God, no.
2: it was not. Like right, Miss Morgan. <laughs> then. So yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing. As much as we would like to literally create an entirely um a community that is entirely our own, the fact is that we're all here. Period. And the government has its hands in us in every step of the way, from our taxes to tracking our information to even being able to track this conversation right here. They have, exactly. they they're they already are there. They're already ruling our lives. And even if we choose to have our own community where we're just focusing on our own, they're still gonna be there, and they're still going to keep doing. These shady things that are affecting our community, even if we're only focusing on us. They're going to force us to have to choose between us and them, period. And that's going to be a constant fight because they've been doing that. They've been doing that mm-hmm. for centuries. And they're going to keep doing that because they're trifling like that. And that's just the way white supremacy works. It wants to continuously subjugate. <laughs> Anyone that is not a white, cisgender, heterosexual male, period. Like that's. Well, I mean, this
7: is a preach. This is a preach.
2: Because, Uh, like, like literally, that's the way that the structure works. And even people that participate in the system to try to change the system, like, you have to know what you're getting into. Because, like, one individual person can change the system, but only so far, period. And there's this, I, I think, within. Social justice spaces. There's an expectation of um, like a of a superhuman candidate or superhuman politician, like where they are more more pure or entirely pure version of what we want to see reflected in our political system. Um, and we don't give them grace in that. And I think that for some, like I, to be frank, I believe we've given like, previous generations, especially, like, I think of my parents' generation and my grandparents' generation, we were too okay with things that we should have not let Like Agreed. And I see political actors, especially right now, I look at our local politics here in Omaha, I look at our city council, like, oh, we huh. have two black people that have been involved with lo- local city government and have continuously been a part of decisions that have divested from our, our community and are continuously making decisions against them. And they get elected time after time after time because we choose the lesser of two evils. The people in my community see the bad option as better than no option. And we haven't even had the opportunity to choose a better option yet.
5: And but again, I, I feel...
2: continuously like I mean, and I and I get and I understand, and to some degree, I was at one point in my life, I was at where um, I don't know her name, but the the other speaker, I was there. Like I wanted 100% to check check out of the American system as it currently operates. But for one, that is a privilege that other people in my community do not have. Two, they're still going to try I to agree. affect my reality in ways that I do not have control over, and if they're going to to come for me, I'm going to finally just come for them.
5: Hold oh, on, I and, agree.
2: Like, if, if I'm given two options of allowing them to fuck with me and trying to focus on my community right here or going straight to them with a fight to try to change just a a tiny section of my community for the better, I'm gonna choose that, period. And I know what the system is. I have seen it. I have struggled through it. And I know that there are other generations that have. I know that there are people that are going to continue to, but I've also seen progress and I have seen people survive where they would not otherwise. And I'm sorry, can nobody tell me that that work wasn't for good and that that decision wasn't a good decision. Um, I want to build a reality one day where my people do not have to interact with white supremacy in any way, shape, or form, because they can completely divest from oppression in any form. But I also realize that those oppressions are intersecting, and so if I'm going to address one area of white supremacy, I have to address the whole. And I don't see anybody else doing that work, and until I see somebody else doing that work in (laughs) any way, like, it's either – it's just like Wally was talking about, like, eventually (laughs) we're stuck between, like, being – a couple of months away of having a, bar-coded, a barcode implanted on like people of color just because they look brown or
6: right.
2: look like they could be from a different community. Like Lord help me if somebody hears me talk in Spanish because I'm fluent in both languages because they assume when they look at me that I am one identity that for more intersections that I add to that identity, the further and further I get from humanity in their eyes, and the, the more their, their next action of oppression becomes more violent. And just being able to get to a place where that is, where the, uh, like here in Nebraska especially, there is this veneer of politeness and veneer of civility that I'm trying to scrape off just because it has led to out and out racism in ways that I don't think other areas of the, of the United States <laughs> see. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've traveled all over and I've had conversations with people from all over, and I don't think people realize just how bad it is in places like Nebraska. And I don't see people coming, like, when I hear conversations about black folks and black liberation. Nobody mentions Omaha, Nebraska. Nobody mentions the Midwest. Nobody mentions people from small towns where like, we're well, 11% of the but state population. There's out there at like, all.
5: Morgan,
6: I'm sorry. Right. When I tell you, we don't but even what know what's the out there. They focus on the Midwest.
4: They focus on the white pig farmers there. Right. don't even know that you the out think. there. I, mean, Iowa, like, I, 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 mean, I guess that could be well, a different topic in itself. T- I mean, do Iowa and New Hampshire still need to go first in the primaries?
2: right so like so i like, glad that we know that like, the out there is black people everywhere right Well there, we I are, don't know like when we're, I first met you you told where you're from, did you know, did I did you know, a like, double take I was like wait where yeah <laughs> no like did you know that um, <laughs> two years ago there was a two years ago there was a black a young um, black man that was unarmed and shot 11 times 11 times at point blank range he is still wow. in rehab. And oh, I did everything I could to try to bring people's attention to it, but nobody cared because it was Omaha, Nebraska.
4: This was over there in Omaha?
2: This is in yeah. Omaha. Okay. And stuff like this Go happens on. all the time because we are screaming into a void and trying to get our fellow organizers all across the United States to join us in that same liberation work. And nobody sees us as a priority other than ourselves.
6: I would absolutely so, as awesome beg as you. As great. Like yeah, like I would absolutely beg you to follow Gazi Hammer to go to Black Hammer, um, and really check out what's going on and see if you feel like any of that can work over there and to start a chapter because like mm-hmm. when you say when you say that like you know you don't see people doing the work I mean like yeah like okay admittedly like straight up admittedly as a person from New York. Like, I did not, you know, like you said, you were screaming into a void that I was not, I did not have access to, you know what I'm saying? And I appreciate the yep. fact that we got you to come on here and say these things so that people can actually know what's going on, you know, because, again, I mean, like, you know, we're not, you know, the highest rated podcast in the world, but we got we got quite a few listeners, and they, they are from places that are not Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and I believe that they will help spread the word because it's not that we don't care. It's that really we there's no visibility in, you know, like we just really don't know, you know. I feel like the more people that are of our ilk and that we care enough to actually have this conversation with both like and somewhat unlike minds, the more of us that know the more we'll be able to say something and I think it's definitely important for me to get people that are literally in the middle of the country to feel supported and to be supported so that we can support each other from all ends because like you just said even though again I didn't realize that there were black people in Nebraska still we are everywhere and if we can just reach out and make this blanket happen you know what I'm saying right so and I, I, I and think, I think
2: that okay, I don't that. I don't want to minimize some of the work that's already happening because I'm making some generalizations. I know that there are people doing this work and that are working with other areas of the United States because I I know that there are some really fantastic programs that are happening here and here in my community that are entirely entirely owned and operated by Black folks for Black folks and for our yeah. Black liberation explicitly. However. When I'm looking at other places like Atlanta or I'm looking at New Orleans or I'm looking at D.C. or I'm looking at New York and those infrastructures where, for example, whenever I travel, if I choose to, I could go to only black-owned businesses my the entirety of the time that I am there. That is not something you can do in, in Omaha, Nebraska.
7: Hmm.
2: Period. And that is has a lot to do with specifically public policy and specific decisions that politicians have made to disenchant and to marginalize and to oppress black folks here in this community. And having someone in office that is not worried about their own bottom line, that is not worried about their own personal ambition and could give two fucks about what the party says, having somebody like that in office could change everything for my community.
6: Okay, on so the if, local so level, I'm, I'm convinced that it's important. You know, because I mean, again, like I, I didn't come in here thinking that it's important. I'm like, if we can disengage as much as possible and get the fuck out. So, if it's important to do to do that, right? How do we actually make that happen? Like we said earlier, we know we know that. You know, at, at very at the very least, there are economic blockades to such a candidate um, coming into their position. But like Gazi said, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if anybody here is, is actually unaware. But we're not fighting against anyone that is fighting fair or has ever fought fair. Like it's very absolutely true that these are murdering thugs that will stop at nothing to keep the status quo going so that they can essentially, you know, people want to make it about money, and sure it is, but they really just want access to all the resources because the powers that be have this idea of scarcity as though there's not abundance on the planet. So they drain and drain and drain, and they just want to drain until they can potentially move on to another planet to drain. So, that being said, and we know they're they, they trying to figure out all kinds of ways into space, you, uh, freaking even somebody with what we consider is the low IQ of, of a Donald Trump is talking about a space force. Everybody uh, in that power um, sector is trying to get to space. Because to them, the planet is dying, but it's just becoming uninhabitable to humans, right? So anyway, all of that said, how do, we, how do we make that happen? And if there's no way to make that happen, what do we do from there? Like, how do you
5: fight something that has no honor is, like, the, the question that I'm asking and also something that I feel like, as black people in this country, we need to constantly be thinking about. Because, historically, they, they proved that to us, like, there's no low that white supremacy won't go to, to, like, subvert us and cut us at the knees. So, how do you fight something that has that stronger than an intent?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, should... I mean Asada Shakur... Sorry.
5: No, go ahead.
2: Blair, go ahead. Well, Asada said, nobody in the world has ever gotten their freedom by appealing to the moral sense of the people who are oppressing them. And ge- generation after generation of black freedom fighters have, have said some version of that. Because white supremacy has no conscience and will never have any conscience. Mm-hmm. Um. I personally think that working in a silo is not how we're going to get this done. Like black liberation doesn't just happen by focusing only on our blackness. It is about all of our intersections coming together and mobilizing together collectively for our collective liberation. And so, cause I, I can't diverse my, my womanness or my queerness or my, My neurodivergence or any of that from who I am as a black person. And I think the the focus of previous movements, specifically on black masculinity, is part of the reason why we falter. Hallelujah.
6: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a a very good point. I just want to make a note. Here at the blackness includes every single bit of what she just listed, um, including neurodivergence for for any black people that were raised in a "you need therapy" or "you what's wrong with your brain" community. Um, neurodivergent most African tribes or religious community, I say most neurodivergent, um, most, most tribes from where we come from, or even spread out, right? Treated neurodivergence for the most part as a blessing because it meant that you had to be taken care of by the community at all times if they felt um, blessed to take care of you. Um, Some also um, put them in a place, depending on what's going on, you know what I'm saying, depending on that particular divergence, put them in shaman places and things of that nature because they considered it um, uh, more of an opportunity to connect with higher realms than it is a burden or Something that is to be fixed So um, From that on up the list That she just said That's blackness It's western White Colonial thought For you to feel any way Against any bit of your people Besides somebody committing a crime And no tea no shade When you live in a society That is 99% accepting You are less inclined to crime
5: because every black experience
6: is a black experience unless that experience is anti-black. i Oh my Somebody else was somebody else was about to talk. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just had to. She she mentioned that, and I was like, "That's true. That our community does that, and that should be." But go ahead, like answer. I still want. I still need a plan. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like I feel like though that is something that we need to do in our community in general. I think even that will help us um, in building our own infrastructure because it would be impossible. Like if we knew that in the first place, this, I, and I'm I'm sorry just because nobody came up and said anything, but if we knew that in the first place, um, we wouldn't be asking white people for anything. Like I feel like marching for the right to vote in their situation instead of like creating our own situation. Okay, you won't give us the right to vote, we're going to create our own. And of course, they did everything to stop that, i.e. Black Wall Street and things of that nature. They did everything in their power to stop that, too. But if we at least knew that there was no need to be respectable to white people in any way and agree with anything that they've ever told us ever in life, um, then we would have kept on as that situation you know what I'm saying and, and been in a place where you know in that place that we were talking about right now where we don't have to appeal to whiteness or come to whiteness or engage in whiteness in any way you know um, I'm not saying we missed our chance but Lord have mercy if we instead of trying to fight for the white man's drinking and pot and the, and the white man's woman we would have fucking <laughs>
5: they got nuked man
6: we would have been so much farther along. But if anybody has, like, an actual plan of action, that could get these, you know
7: what I'm
6: saying, or just even, like,
7: a yeah. Yeah, I think that one of the things that we got to do is look at creating a, a, a strategy that's not at all going to take a day or a month or even a year to execute, right? We're talking about, hundreds of years of colonialism and white supremacy, it's going to take at least half of that to organize and put enough people in the right places to even get this thing like moving in a direction that we envision as idyllic. So I think that if the first thing that we got to do is just recognize that it's, I mean, it's just, us, like we start this conversation, we continue the conversation as painstaking as it is, as frustrating as it is, with each other, with the people around us, and we keep doing the work in our little lives to keep moving this needle forward. If you want a plan, I can burn it all down.
5: We we, we need a secret society, man. Sure. Like you really, <laughs> it. and not the Masons, well, like they're two joints of whiteness at this point for it to be, like, anything, like, well, we need, like, cloak and dagger shit, honestly. And I know that sounds a little crazy, but honestly, like, it, like hearing other black people feel the way that we do is comforting, join to say new, the very least. Join
6: a new guy at jipjack.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and if
5: you want to call in, the number is 914-205-5458 if you want to join the conversation. Um, but, yeah, like, we, I feel like we definitely need, like, a black teacher society that's engaged and working and doing all that and, like, create the perfect candidate, like, so, like, smooth that the white folks don't even notice them,
6: in then, they're, they're elected. I, I'm just trying <laughs> to say, like, I, I agree with the absolute idea that it's going to take hundreds of years to develop this situation out of that. That's how we need to see this society. We, like, but, like, same time, that to me means that the idea was had, and people keep trying to do it. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know, like, is it, so like, like we we we're gonna have, but it would have to be like you said, based on some real deep, secret society shit. Because end of the day, we would have to control no. this person's life from like the shadows, and and literally like
0: get the keys.
6: Right? To, literally, like, create this person generations down the line and rule how somebody's family raises their family and, like, really, like, you know what I'm saying? And not necessarily rule, but, like, be engaged in an actual conversation to be, like, with that person's family. Like, look, we think things need to be this way, this answer, because blah, 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 and really unpack even with the child as we go down the line to create somebody that, does the same, you know, because like my family you know is you know from behind the scenes policy as well, you know, and um it's just like it's 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 being done, so like who is is gonna take more and more organizing as usual, and that's annoying, and
5: we can do it like God <laughs> said it. we did another episode with God and he said like. Black people feel like this organizing is hard work, but we literally created civil civilization, like we just haven't been allowed to do it in so long it
6: feels like stressful. Um so guys, we have a caller. Oh, okay so, somebody, um, is somebody switching? No, no Oh wait. No, it
2: must be a oh, caller. we do have a caller. Just real quick. So, just real quick. Told- so if we're looking at what that steps look like it requires collaborative movement building. So it's not just like, not just about um, black Americans that have been here for generations. It's also about immigrant populations, working with them. It's about working with indigenous people collectively, Mm -hmm. working with all these populations that are being actively Mm -hmm. oppressed and collaborating specifically on individual policies, as well as the greater collective movement for liberation. And when we're looking at that work, it's also unpacking white supremacy within our own communities. Like, let's be real. Part of Max. the biggest, actually, oh, the biggest struggle I've ever had in any community organizing work has been helping black men unpack their sexism and their noir. Like, oh, real talk, I waste so much of my time doing that. W- wasting time, so. unpacking homophobia, all, all of this stuff. Uh, so yeah, until oh, like, oof. real talk, sorry. Don't start
6: preaching over here. <laughs> I'm literally doing it every day. But I'm doing it every day with you. Trust me. I
2: grew up Baptist. this. Well, I can't help it. <laughs> but, but we need to unpack. First, we need to unpack. We need to work together. Um, and then a while all of this is happening, we need to plant those seeds in every single space that we can. And the beauty of this right now is that these white people that are in oh, oh, the ri- liberal, faux progressive areas of politics have been trying to use and tokenize black folks and people of color within these spaces. But let's put the right people in, so they can start to lay those seeds. Because Indeed. let's right. be real, We're take they are caller. begging for people
5: of color. So, Sorry. So, caller ending in four six four four, you're on.
3: Hey, what's going on? Well hey, what the lady just said, yes. You got black folks that do the same thing. They have been doing that same thing. That's trying true. to lump everybody in the same class. And the come together is for people to come together, I would think, and when you look up other areas where people form unity cartels People come together on their agenda It's true People vote their interests They're not dedicated to any political party Because some some members of both political parties Have a Can push a issue That's very dear to you
6: Mm -hmm. The parties are less partisan Than than, than people want to believe
3: Let me tell you I am amongst blacks and I detest this thing where people make it seem like all blacks the same. I detest when folks say that you should buy black. Mm -hmm. I'm not buying from a black business Mm -hmm. or any other business that's supporting political candidates that go against my issues. It doesn't make sense. I mean, just Mm -hmm. think about it. If you got political candidates for higher Mm -hmm. taxes, well, I don't know, for higher taxes because I may use the money I put in my pocket to help buy some resource of need for an underprivileged child, and I can't do it no more. So uh, that's as far as the uh, what you're making the question, should black people continue to rock the vote? Well, I say you should find another way, and they will find another way as they begin to improve on the economic situation and also that will reflect in a social situation. Not not all of us is, is gonna do that. Like this present president who says he's for school choice, where parents can take their child out of the present environment that they're in and put them in an environment where they can learn the things that's necessary for them to achieve their overall long term educational goals. That other party called Liberals, Democrats are totally against that. I wonder why.
4: Well, yep. Well, it's some of them, not all of them. But I see what you're saying.
3: Right. Well, it's a lot of them. See? It's, it's a lot of them. And also the organizations, like the Alphabet Organization, NAACP, teachers' unions, for instance. Yeah. So, no, uh, people should, uh, as people begin to, uh, improve on their economic uh, circumstances, the academic circumstances. Historical black colleges will not improve unless the young people that's coming into those colleges can't carry their own. And the reason they can't carry their own has nothing to do with them biologically. It's because where they're coming from, they were not prepared. And thus, they have problems. And they realize that Mm -hmm. they have problems. And I'm sure people have experienced these things. So, anyway, I don't want to take a. Who who,
5: who, who, who Hmm? are you speaking with? I'm sorry, I I didn't get a chance to ask. Right, introduce
3: yourself. My name is Pianchi. I'm calling from the Midwest. From the Midwest down to the South, where is God's country, heaven?
6: (laughs) All right, now. Okay but
3: no you and, and i'm i'm gonna leave I think it's 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 really disrespectful when you hear these conversations by some pundits like uh the ones you hear all the time, you got the Omar Johnson, you got Roland Martin and so on. We black people need to do this, Mr. Martin. I ain't with that, and please exclude me out of that we, thank you very much, sir. Thank you.
6: Have a good one. Well all right.
5: Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna start closing. Oh um, 'cause we've we've been on for a while. Right. Uh so this has been a yeah. great conversation and I'm happy all you guys
6: joined us this Thank evening. y'all so much guys. Seriously. Um really good. Thank you so much. Um
5: Right, thank you. Um, so what we want to what we want to close
6: with is um actually you should ask this do you have do you have the closing question um huh. I mean we we really like I feel like talked about it all you know um as it pertains to voting specifically and like just like well you know how we get into this oh, political thing I got it um go ahead
5: Who do you think is going to be the Democratic nominee to run against Trump?
3: Oh Lord.
6: That's the question.
2: It doesn't matter.
6: It don't matter, it matter. is the answer. We are <laughs> all cycling. That's that's literally I mean, to me that's my point. It's never like, you know, peop people like when I when I online say, you know, shit about people that are trying to Shame people that don't want to vote um, Into voting It's like You guys don't even Like I don't know if you guys even see How literally it don't matter Like there's like there's a, there's a point In which like yeah it's going to take long You know what I'm saying Of us literally not even trying to get this person Into the political race You know what I'm saying Of this this person down the road Generations down the road Into the political race and um, it's still going to, like, really just keep going back and forth with us where they, like, treat us like all the shit in the world and then, like, treat us like a little bit of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, they it, it, they treat us like we the fertilizer, quote, unquote, that we've been the whole time. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they go back and forth between giving us what we need and just, like, giving us shit. Historically, that's the pattern. So it's just like... It don't really matter until we're ready to really jump in.
5: You can't you can't just answer the the closing question. All right, um, That's what she, she said she said it does matter. Brandon and Blair. I what do you guys
6: think? I think they did skis because we oh. had to go, yeah.
5: Uh, yeah. Wally, what do you think? We're we're
0: still here. We didn't we we didn't go we didn't, oh, okay, I
6: didn't go no. yeah, okay, maybe Wally, it was why I,
7: okay. I you know this, with all of these, uh, I mean, there's just so many layers, right? I think the mm-hmm. the, the simplest way I, I always put it is just, let's just get rid of capitalism. Let's get rid of religion. Let's get rid of the concept of race. Give everybody health care, housing, you yes. know, make transportation yeah. a global thing. Like, let's just make the world mm-hmm. a, a, a place for us all to live in. You, know, We can do it. Why not? And that's all I got. Because
5: white people made too much money off the opposite.
7: <laughs> and,
6: I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm down for getting rid of um, certain Abrahamic religions for sure, and and co- and, coloni- and colonized people within um, ATRs they can go as well. Other other than that, other uh, colonized minds in ATRs they can go as well, because like is uh, the way they be bringing their Christianness into the freaking. I mean, let me stop. So uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> Um, um, back to original religion and anything.
5: But thank you guys for joining hmm. us all tonight under the A New Kai Tree. Make sure you follow, like, and subscribe us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, wherever podcasts are available. And make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube and follow us on IG at A New Kai Tree. Um, thank, you, thank you to our guests tonight. Uh, we'll be back next week. We're probably going to do another pre recorded show, but it was nice doing the live show tonight. Uh, make sure you follow us on IG and Twitter at, at Mick Sykes on IG and at Mr. Sykes on Twitter. And
6: at Jib Jack on IG, at Jip Jack on sweater. Come see me, Jack Fuller, on Facebook if you're trying to just see the TV. That's time. G-A-Q. Wait. G-Y-P-J-A-Q. <laughs> <laughs> I,
5: mean, I had to.
6: Yeah. Oh, but good night, guys, and thank you. So um, guys, can y'all give y'all social medias just so that people can come see y'all?
0: Uh, yeah, you can find us on, uh, you can find us on Facebook Blair and Brandon Dot, and Haley, and then on Instagram BK Dot, and Haley and BI Dot, and Haley, and then the Blairisms and the Blairisms.com. That's our website.
7: Around.
2: Morgan? Yep. Uh, you can find me on um, Facebook at Morgan Freeman. Morgan is still two N's. Um I also have my personal page. Um, so my personal like Facebook page, that's Morgan Freeman in E. Or you can also find me on Twitter at the same handle, Instagram on the same handle. Or reach out through my website if you about Liberation work and about supporting people of color entering into political spaces to improve them for the better at morganfreeman.com. Yes, God. Right.
5: Thank you. And you guys catch
2: us here
5: next Tuesday or
6: Wednesday. See you at the new country. Okay. Good
5: night, everybody. Thank y'all for being on. Good night. Yo.